Hello everyone, welcome to Tea Time Reports. This is Trevor, um, and I have Caden and Brandon here this evening, and we're going to be doing this USFL and Chill episode, just pretty much getting Brandon's not only first impressions of the league, um, but just standout players, maybe his standout team, and then Caden, you weren't able to give your power rankings in the power rankings episode, so we'll give, give a rundown on that, as well as maybe uh, some of your predictions for this upcoming week. And Brandon also went two out of three on some betting in the USFL this past weekend, so we'll definitely get that covered as well. And I would like to say we apologize for any insect noises or crickets in the background that you hear. We are doing this in the back patio, kind of a chill vibe, and we hope it's kind of uh, relaxing, kind of like white noise, if you will. So, Brandon, I would like to just go to you off-rip. Um, tell us a little bit about not only your first time watching... Uh, a, a whole USFL game, but maybe finding the team you want to support, and not only that, maybe your favorite player in the league. So what were your first impressions? Alex Magoo, baby! Yes, sir. That was my first impressions of the USFL, and honestly, I don't think I could have been set up for a better first impression. Yeah. On, I feel like if I were to, if my first impression might have been like the Houston and Pittsburgh game, I mean, it was still a good game, though, honestly, watching the highlights, but like, Maybe so much the no the Houston and Memphis game. Yeah, if that would have been my first impression, my viewpoint might be a little different. Yeah. But the Stallions and Breakers game with Alex Magoo and Bethel Thompson and just Jay Sternberger. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Randy Moss, Thaddeus Moss's Thaddeus, Mo- Thaddeus Moss, Moss, Randy Moss's son. So you know Thaddeus Moss is the dude that injured uh um. Kaylon Thibodeau. Really? In preseason, yeah. I didn't know that. He chopped lot, illegal chop block. That's why he's out of the fucking league now. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. But no, and it was good to have some names that I could, like, sort of go back to already knowing, you know? Yeah. Whether it was watching Thaddeus at LSU, you know? Um, But no, it was, it was some really, it was really good first impression, and it was some good football to watch, too, honestly. And we were talking about this, too. Not one game this weekend was decided by more than one possession. Yeah. And that just, goes to show that this is probably the best weekend for me to start watching USFL football. For real. Midway through the season, it's starting to ramp up with the intensity. Things are getting like serious. Playoffs are coming soon. Um, and a lot of these players, you can tell, they're trying to play for a shot at the NFL one day. You know, this is probably like their last like chance to sort of reach their lifelong dream. Make the NFL one day, you know. So yeah. it's cool to see that aspect of it, and it's cool to see the other side of it. Like you were saying, I forget his name and what his profession was, but players that are just sort of doing this as a side gig because yeah. they can, they have the talent to it, like football, and it's fun. And Jeff McCullough, yeah, he's they're... a defensive end for the Showboats, and he like he owns like a concierge business to where he rents out yachts and mansions and cars and stuff. So like this is legit, just like a side hustle. He's a CEO mm-hmm. and. Like, I, I appreciate that kind of viewpoint as well. You were talking about how a lot of these guys are playing for that next, you know, level or that next step up in the game. But um, a lot of them as well are kind of using this as still a way to be in touch with their passion and their one true love in life, which is genuinely football. Um, and, and you did get a really good first game impression. Um, and tonight's beverage is Pib. We're not sponsored, but, you know... Yes, sir. That's a pit for you. But let me just say this. It was definitely a really good game for, like, someone who hasn't watched an entire game to, like, tune into Mm -hmm. because the Stallions have only lost three games in this 
two season, you know, almost two and a, like pretty much one and a half season, but two season mark up till this point, they've yeah. only lost three games. Yeah, Alex Magoo is leading in touchdowns. Alex fucking Magoo, so I'm, I'm going to keep saying it. And yeah, I was just about to bring that up. How could I forget Skip Holtz, son of Notre Dame legend Lou Holtz, man. Mm-hmm. And that right there just drew me in, honestly. With that and Alex Magoo and the way you guys hyped him up and... Just that swag, the way he plays, and you even touched on drafted by Seattle out of the seventh round. Yeah. Um, and you can sort of see a little bit of rust in him and the way yeah. he plays, and you can tell that he sort of sat behind him, you know? And he, he wears was, number two, and I think he's the Johnny Manziel of this league. Yeah, I and really that's, do. that was the first thing you said about him, and that's what I saw on the field. And we were even touching on, like, the jerseys and the logos and shit and the colors, and one of the things I said about the Stallions, too, they just sort of looked like a... I guess knockoff version of like the Niners or mm-hmm. Florida State or yeah. Boston College. Mm-hmm. So like, it's something I've seen before. It's something I sort of exactly. What's you the can word? relate to. I like, relate it to football. Like yeah. when I see those colors, see those jerseys, I think of football. I think of household names like the Niners, Seminoles, Boston College. What were your initial thoughts on the production value of the league? And I know you watched highlights and stuff, and the field conditions are always fantastic. Um, pro- what, what were your thoughts on like just the genuine production value of the league? I thought it was great, and you know we were talking about it watching the games too, just with it being Fox being the ones that are producing it, and it looks just like an average NFL Sunday game that you're watching. You know, same production, same animatronics, same like little robot guy. Yeah, robot guy. Football. Robot guy. That's yeah. his name from now on. <laughs> yes. Robot guy. He's been there for years, yeah. man. Spike in the football. Um, everything's the same because it's Fox. They do the same thing. It's just not NFL. It's USFL, and I'm just glad I'm finally able to like set that distinguish between There's a the difference. two. Like, yeah, I'm able to distinguish the two and set that aside. Like, okay, this isn't the NFL. I understand that, but it's still a refreshing form of football, which I love to watch. And you touched on that as well when yeah. you're watching the games, and it's just good to have. And obviously, whenever football is in the off season. The draft and free agency and OTAs and training camp, that only does so much for you as a sports fan as far yeah. as satisfying your needs. Yes. But having something you can actually watch and follow and, like I was saying, names like Skip Holtz, like I have a connection with him being a Notre Dame fan and yeah. his dad being who he is and just ben watching uh, Alice Magoo and being a fan of him and... But Vincent Papali's son plays in the league. Okay. Randy Moss's son plays yeah, in the and league. Like, I mean. that's, and another thing, too, is we touched on it with the, I guess, like the CEOs of the respective, I guess, com- would you call them competitor leagues to the NFL or just secondary leagues? No, I would say like almost like like farm system. Yeah, farm system leagues, but at the same time, like I would say one of these leagues, the XFL and the USFL is what I'm referring to, one of them will be bought by the NFL. They, mm-hmm. One of them will be. I think it will be the USFL. If that is the I case. I hope so. If that's the case, then they could actually, uh-huh. you know, have free range on expansion and have infinite number of funds. But I will say there is a downside to be, be like being bought by the NFL is that you are going to be in the G League. Mm. You are going to be that. You know, and I, I think that at the very least, if I'm... You know, in the USFL, and if you're at a skill position, there's a very slim chance if you're going to make a P.J. Walker type deal where you're going to actually start in a game at, you know, slot receiver or quarterback. 
But in my personal opinion, you know, one of them will be bought by the NFL and be made the G League, and then one of them will either, you know, die or fade away, or, you know, maybe both of them will exist, but they'll kind of be their own thing. And I think the USFL is kind of built for longevity, but I, I think that you can kind of sense the professionalism more with the fact that you need two feet in bounds, they have the clock stoppage rules like, like college, but the, you know they also have NFL rules as well mm. with the roughing the passer. Everything's reviewable and completely transparent. It's just enjoyable and in it, that way. And you also have more in-depth, like we were saying, more interactive, more in-depth interviews with the players, the coaches. You actually get to see the coaches just on a walkie-talkie saying the plays into yeah. the players' helmets. Mm. And right after a player has a big play or a touchdown, they're on the sideline interviewing them rather than after the game, you know. And it just it brings in... Not only a refreshing element, but a something you haven't seen before. And exactly. It's, right, it's right after the moment too. Yeah. You know, like there's something more like poetic about that. Yeah. Than because they still have all that adrenaline going. You know, it feels like, more alive. It's more in the moment. Yeah. You know, and but all that like you're touching on the two feet in balance, the professionalism. It goes back to one being ran by, uh, well, not ran by union one having a union, and one being ran by a former NFL player and fellow former NFL yeah. players compared to one being ran by a celebrity yeah. in The Rock and yeah. I mean not like not to shit on him it's a, they're each their own thing yeah. but you can you can sort of distinguish one as more of a professional like alternative football league and one as more of like a arena football or yeah, yeah. type you know league you know yeah, I, I agree with that talking about like the the tier system you know we just we legit just got done filming a 10 day rowdies episode and not like not like ten minutes ago we were talking about USL. I would love to for it to be like MLS USL. Mm, yeah, I'm with you 100 percent on that. So it's and not almost like a G League, <coughs> but it's almost they're two coexisting leagues, yeah. just second tier, first yeah. and second tier. But they can sort of be promoted. Each other. Exactly. Yeah, they yeah. can be promoted together. They can mingle with each other. Have but it's players just like regular stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, that'd be really cool. That's actually an interesting idea. Yeah. If like the XFL and USFL like merged and one kind of like. Mm. Took ownership on the fact that they're not as like good competitively, but maybe they could be promoted and like there could be relegation in football. That'd be pretty interesting and, to talk about. And you're always gonna have those PJ Walker stories too, yeah. because we were talking about this as well. Just like any other professional sport, Taylor there's Heineken. only a small amount of players or people that are in this league and able to do this. But that doesn't mean these are the only people in the world that can perform at this level and exactly. have that talent. And we get to see that on display with. Not as much, but some players in the USFL and the XFL, you know? Exactly. Um, and that's one thing that stood out to me as well, watching the USFL this weekend. And just from all the games, it was just player after player that, like, stood out to me from their performance. Like, I could – I mean, it's still a small sample size being one game. Yeah. But, like – You're going to watch I'm, I've been watching football and the NFL and college football as long as I can walk and read and be conscious yeah. of my, my own memory. <laughs> so I can tell when, like – there's talent there, and I can tell when there's not talent there. I can tell if you've been playing football all your life. I can tell if you're able to, like, find the – if you're a receiver, you can find the weak spot in the zone defense and sort mm -hmm. of sit there and be open for your quarterback. I can tell if you're fucking just gifted in open space, exactly. you know? Yeah. And just – there was a lot of that on display this weekend, whether it was Alex Magoo or Isaiah Haney or um, – not even so much from this individual, but it was cool to see his name, Trey Quinn. Yeah. I yeah. can't remember who he plays for. Mr. Panthers. Okay, yeah. Former mm -hmm. Washington commander or Redskin at the time player. Yeah, yeah. Like, I was always a fan of his. Like, 
just another NFL name, another name I know from watching NFL. I get to see in this league, and I know can perform at the highest level. Yeah. So that just makes me want to watch it more. You he's know? been their most consistent receiver on the Michigan Panthers, in my opinion. I mean, if you're looking at his numbers, he's always incredibly active in the pass game, and just one of those sure-handed receivers that knows his assignment and does his duty. And you get to see that in a very cool way as well. With, in my opinion, some of the better broadcasting out of you know, sports, in my opinion, because you're not only just being told what the play is in these games, but with Joel Klatt and Colt McCoy with his debut this past weekend. Jake Butt. And Jake Butt. Like, they're actually teaching you and, like, breaking down the plays as well. Like, after big things or bad things happen, mm-hmm. you're like, well, this is what failed. This is what needs to be better. Because, you know, this is a league where these guys are trying to get to that next level, and the league is trying to provide them with that. And that goes for the commentators as well. Yeah. You know, because I'm sure they want to work towards being on NFL Sunday for Fox or CBS or something. 100%. And I also appreciate, like, some of the guys that don't need practice reps in the booth that are still doing this because they love the game. Yes. Like, Joel Klatt is one of the, like, best broadcasters I think that's ever existed. And I would just like to give him the credit for actually sticking around this league for another season and, like, showing these guys love with his own professionalism in the booth and providing... Really good TV production. And I like Cam Jordan as well. Cam Jordan's been calling games since last Defensive year. Defensive end, Cam yeah. Jordan? Yeah. Really? Yeah. He's been doing it since last year for USA. That's and he's, dope. he brings a different element where he, like him and Mike Pereira, will literally okay. get into little arguments on the broadcasting booth about, like, that's, you know, that's not a face mask, you know, because he's a yeah, defensive end. So okay. he's, no, he's, and that's even cooler, too, because with it being Fox, you have those same names that we're used to watching on NFL Sunday. Exactly. And Mike Pereira, and Joe Platt, and. Well, he no, he he sort of does CBS for college football. What, no. But you also have to realize they do have a massive deal with NBC, yeah, so you get both yeah. of those big networks. Well, Big Ten football does broadcast on Fox too, so yeah. He so you have those regardless. You have those names that we're familiar with from either college football or NFL that are still broadcasting yeah. in these other leagues just because they love it. You know, and, and me and Brady, me and Brady were watching uh, one of the Cam Jordan, one of the Cam Jordan announcements, and we were like. I forget who he was up with, and Coogler. I, I swear, me and Brady looked at each other and like, bro, they're just shooting the shit on live air. <laughs> yeah, no, like, they, they were just shooting the shit. They really like, are. Like, just in between the plays, they were just talking about like fishing the life and fishing just like it was just that's so cool. It was just dude. chill. That's you know? my dream. Like, like that's that. a great job. Like that is a great job, and and honestly, you know, maybe we will be provided with some of those opportunities down the line if this podcast gets big enough and. That's the dream is to be able to you know cover and report on stuff like that and but no but I, I think it's important that you know if you are a fan of football you are checking out some of these alternative leagues but Kaden I did kind of want to go into your power rankings after week seven mm-hmm. you kind of missed a couple episodes on the series but yeah um, after week seven what were what were you thinking and then also I'll, I'll get into your predictions for week um, eight this upcoming weekend. Big games so, this weekend. Big I guess, games. um, I guess, uh, I'll start at eight. Mm. It's got to be the Generals, right? I mean, it's got, Lala. I know. The I Ghost know. I mean, it can't be the Maulers. They put up 31. Yeah, 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 yeah it's got to be the Generals. Ge- generals at eight, just, I just can't believe it because, again, you were saying this earlier. They were nine and one last year. It's a Mike year. Riley, wow. it's a Mike yeah. Riley coach. And it's a Mike Riley team. He's one of my favorite coaches, bro. Ever. Mm. He loves the game and he loves his guys, and that's 
yeah. something you can't teach or preach. You just gotta do it, you know. But um, it's shocking for two and five right now. But seven, I, I, I gotta go Mowers. Yeah, Mowers just they have not been showing out, bro. My team. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you got anything's possible though. I know. Anything is possible. He was he was on my list for like I was standout like, players this week too. Lucky enough to be able to uh, talk to him directly on Twitter mm. a bunch of times last year and earlier this year. Same with Darius Victor, I've been able to talk to him. Um, Brian Scott as well. Sorry, Caden, interrupt you, but seven yeah, Maulers. Uh, yes, seven Maulers, and then I, I mm, six, six Panthers. They're three and four, still mm. struggling, but they did come away with a nifty win. But they did, they were eight for me last Shout week. Shout out to the Panthers, man. Yeah. One of my one of my bets this weekend I went through. I think I'm going to be their new good luck charm. Before we end the episode, I do want you to talk about your bets. Just, just saying that. And I'm going five gamblers, just because right now they're in a little bit of a slump. Kenji Bars, he was showing out, but right now he's just he's not 100 percent. Exactly, he's not 100. percent I don't think the the, the the management really believes in him fully right now. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not trusting that entirely. Mm. Um, with especially with that. Injury to his right ankle, and exactly. he's, he looked wobbly in the win last week, and he looked rough in the week uh, in this this past game. But number four, I'm going I'm going breakers just because the only reason I'm not putting them over the Showboats is because the Showboats are on a four game win streak, and they've been they've been the hottest team in the entire USFL right now. Yeah, they're on a four game win streak. You cannot beat that. So breakers go four, and then three. I hate to do it, but I'm putting stars at three. And just I don't think that's disrespectful, though, dude. They were they were yeah. one and three. Mm, they were, they one, were three. one and three. But but they but the showboats were zero and three. Yeah. The showboats were zero and three, and they shot up to. The gamblers were zero and two. That's true. And then they were they just got shut down by the showboats on their on their four game win streak, trying to make it five, and the showboats just. I'm gonna say one thing about Cole Kelly. I I, I think he you know. Might get a call up, mm-hmm. not to be a backup, you know, not to be a starter, but to be on a practice squad, but, because uh, he's a guy that you're like you would legitimately like not in his physical like nature, but you could simulate Josh Allen scenarios on your practice field with him. He is six seven. He sees the field like Josh Allen. He's, I don't he, know if he sees the field like No, dude, that. they're both the same <laughs> size. He does not see the field. No, I'm not saying that he makes the be- the best decisions like Josh Allen, but you like from his perspective and height, oh, yeah, yeah, physically yeah, sees yeah, the field yeah, the same way. Same. I mean, yeah. why not? Like that'd be an interesting like thing for a team to do, like to bring in a guy that like you know maybe you could develop, but like he could simulate a player that you see in the division twice a year. Um, mm. practice, like, yeah. um, practice. Why, why not? Like that. I don't know. Like if you're an NFL team with millions of dollars, like I feel like you would take a shot like that. But he's been playing well too. Like I'm not shitting on him. Like he misses throws. He goes low a lot. But like if you guys check his stats, he's like he's like uh, four and one mm. since he's come in. They started with Brady White and he was mid, like Middington. They got destroyed week Middington. two. Middington. Four forty two to two. They got destroyed. Sorry, forty-two to two. Yeah. But uh, continue. Sorry. So number two, showboats, just because they're not better mm. than the stallions. No. And uh, my boy, uh, my boy, uh, Alex Magoo. That's yeah, Alex. I, I forget, yeah. brain fart. Forgot his name, bro. He's been tearing it up, bro. He honestly, player comp to me, like he looks like a little bit of a Drew Brees when he's out there, bro. Mm. Like a, a little knockoff Drew Brees. 
Yeah, I mean, and that's not even disrespecting him because he's been the best player in this whole league. Mm-hmm. If you guys look at his stats, he's this he's the point leader in the league as a quarterback. He has 102 points scored by him alone in this season. That's yeah. he's the MVP. He has to be the MVP, right? Yeah. Like yeah, right now, right now it's it's just him. He scored what? How many points did he score? One hundred and two on the oh season, like by himself, passing touchdowns and rushing touchdowns. Not and that's not including extra points or like the field goals or anything, obviously. But that's so impressive, and he's a mile ahead of the next person. He's the sixth leading rusher in the league. In the league, Justin Fields type shit. He, Lamar Jackson type shit. Dude, my, he's, my boy, like, my he's boy legit the goodness. offense for the Stallions. My boy Case Cookies came out and silently tore up the... I, will, I would like to just point that out as well for, for Caden's sake because he's a big stars guy. Um, Case Cook as well as a 235, two passing touchdowns, a little bit of a one interception. Did have a pick, though, but it was a little... It was just an overthrow. It, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't nothing to like. That's his, hang your head about. That's his biggest problem, though. I will say that his but ball, a, his his ball does sail on. He has so much pressure at, at all times, bro. Like, he did only get sacked one time this game, though. So shout out to the O line for that. Mm. But it's how many twenty four times on the year That's, he's been sacked. I I relate to that as a Bears fan. Yeah, I do. Yeah, sincerely. You, you only wondered if he had a clean pocket with Corey Coleman and some of his other receivers, he would probably be legitimately five and two. If Imagine Justin Fields had a Fields clean, with a clean pocket exactly, and some receivers, shout which out you should have. It this sounds year. like you're hurting for I Justin. Deep down, you, you, I, I hear it. I hear it. Down. in your voice. No, we both are. Another another player that stood out to me from that same game though was Matt Colburn. 20 attempts, 82 yards, two touchdowns. And it's strange because their rush attack leading up to like. To these past two weeks has been, was the worst in the league. Really? Yeah. It's but Matt Colburn was really good for them last year. He played in the Hall of Fame game with Kyle mm. Slaughter for the Jaguars before mm. preseason at Hall of Fame Stadium. Which fun fact I just found the, out. The uh, title game's gonna be there. Yep. Right in yep. the playoffs. Some of the playoff games too. The, maybe the Northern uh, semifinal will be played in Canton, Ohio, the Hall of Fame Stadium, yep. as well as the championship game, just like season one. But the Southern uh, semifinal is going to be dependent on seed. So it's going to be interesting. If Memphis and Birmingham go in, that's going to play a massive factor in the game. Because if they go to Memphis, Memphis's crowd is going to show up. If they go to Birmingham, their crowd is going to show up. And the semifinals, we saw it in year one. The crowd played an effect, especially for Birmingham. And it may have been the reason they were so easily favored. Mm-hmm. is because their crowd showed the fuck up. Like I'm talking seventeen to twenty thousand people there during the playoffs. It's more than the Rays did. Pardon? A lot more than the Rays did. Yeah, I, Bay Rays. Yeah, sadly, it's just I don't think it's the Rays' fault. I think it's, no, it's just not. baseball it in is. general. In location of the stadium, but the, yeah, the location is. Uh. <laughs> yeah, let's That's not even talk about it. Day, yeah, man. let's not talk about Tropicana right well, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I went to the game. Yeah, hey, we both went to the game. Yeah. It was in, the inside was kind of. Don't get me wrong. It's a nice vibe. It was lit. It was it's a chill vibe. The it's circus a nice vibe. tent. The circus tent is. Lit. I was looking around when I was there the other day, and I'm I'm looking at it. And I'm like, low key, if this was like an average ballpark, not closed yeah. outdoors, it would look pretty sick. The like the the designs on the walls, all the like little brick designs mm-hmm. and the little nuances that compare to like Camden Yards and um, Citizens Bank Park where the Phillies play it. It sort of looks the same, and I feel like if it would have been an outdoor stadium, it would have been really nice. We went to a Phillies game. Yeah, we were able to go. That's on my bucket list to see that stadium and watch a Phillies game, man. 
was a beautiful it was, stadium. Not, it went it went to o, it went to OT, bro. It went to like it's yeah, like twelve, 12 innings. Bro. Yeah, we were there for like fucking seven now, hours, when, bro. When was this? Is Bryce this, Harper. About I was to say, like, was this Bryce Harper? Or Bryce Harper? Or just before Bryce Harper? It was Bryce. Har- I think it was. Um, it was the year that Wander, he, did Wander Franco was, play with Bryce Harper? No, he didn't. Okay. Mm-hmm. It was twenty nineteen. Yeah, twenty. No, yeah, twenty nineteen. Yeah. So before, the year before year. COVID, we okay. we literally hit the East Coast like mad, bro. Nice. Yeah, it was nice. It was really nice. We we've, we've kind of been up there a lot, but like it's it's never it never gets old, bro. I'm not gonna lie, but that, that was a really nice vibe. It was. Pops, uh, shout out to Pops, aka Butch. He got us up there and uh, the bell. The bell was ringing. Yeah, the bell was ringing, but he got us up into nice. uh, I guess like this press box up in the top level. It was really sick, but. I did want to go back to you, Brandon, real fast about your your three bets that you placed and then what you, the outcome of those bets were. Yeah, for sure. So first weekend watching, let alone watching USFL betting, and, and I definitely went to Trevor for some advice <laughs> on this, and he did not let me down. Um, so yeah, the first one was just straight up money line for Birmingham to, to win over the Breakers. And honestly, watching that game, there was really never any doubt that maybe the first half of the first quarter, yeah. at the most, maybe. But Birmingham once, left points on the board. They did. Yeah. They really did. And yeah, that was the story of the first half. Honestly. Adrian Hardy with the massive drop in yeah. the end zone that would have set it up to be thirty-one to twenty. That honestly was a theme of the game, whether it was Birmingham or New Orleans in the red zone. They had four red zone trips, got away with one touchdown in the red zone. Yeah, you know. And you get to see both sides of the same sort I'm of struggle. I'm going to say this. You see more out-of-red-zone touchdowns than you do red-zone touchdowns because the execution has to be perfect in a smaller space. Mm-hmm. Um, but what you won the straight-up money line bet yep. on Birmingham. So shout-out to them and Alice Magoo. And this is going to be the team that I feel like I developed the most fandom for. Mm-hmm. No other reason besides Skip Holtz being the coach. My tie to Notre Dame with that. Them winning me money, yeah. obviously, which is always a plus. <laughs> and Alex fucking Magoo, because it's yeah. Alex fucking Magoo. He's Alex so goddamn Magoo. I'm going to root for them. I'm just going to keep diving into the fandom with them and keep betting on them, and hopefully I can just keep winning money with Alex Magoo, baby. It's a safe bet. Um, then second bet, a little bit of controversy, man. I was kind of let down. I thought I was three for three, and I was telling you guys this. I was hyped. Um, I picked the over for the um, for the showboats and the Houston Gamblers game, uh, and on my bookie, I didn't realize it in the moment. It was forty three and a half for the over under. I picked the over, and I was watching the game on the Fox Sports app. Shout out to Trevor for putting me on that. Yes, sir. Um, and the odds had it at forty two and a half, and I was stressing. We were texting about it. My like, man, we really need some touchdowns here. I'm even looking on my phone. There's like four minutes left. Houston's only scored one touchdown. They're in the red zone, though, but I'm thinking to myself, damn, they're only going to get one more touchdown. I'm not going to get it. They score, then fucking turn up. Memphis scores right back, dude. And final score, 23-20. I'm like, let's fucking go, man. I got the over. I'm two for two. I think Michigan's really going to cover, which is my next bet. Then come to find out, wake up next morning. My bookie was 43 and a half, and the total was 43. Legit was a half pissed. a point off, and I think it, like, I think it was the timing of when you submitted yeah, the Yeah, I bet. think it was too, but, you know, it is what it is, and it, I'm not mad, because I was are, still right there. If they are actually changing bets by half points to fuck people, like... That's, that's fucked up, man. It is, it fucked. is fucked. I only had, like, $10 on that, so it's at the end of the day, bro. I'm like, not that pissed, but... 
I could have went eight dollars. Yeah, you could have went three for I three. I could have got three fucking prime drinks from. Yes. Shout out to Logan Paul, man. Prime. Um. <laughs> anyways, then the third bet was taking Michigan, Michigan Panthers to cover the spread six and a half plus six and a half, and they ended up coming out with a nice nitty gritty win over the Generals. Who, yeah, you guys are sort of like right on with them, sort of just falling off. And I felt like I didn't watch the game. I didn't get around to the highlights, but. I watched the first half, and Josh Love, shout out to him, man. He had a great game. He did. Um, and even looking at Kyle Laletta's stat line, he didn't look like he did too terrible. But, no. Um, I'm not sure what happened, but shout out to Mission Man for getting that W. They, I just, I don't really know what drew me to betting them. Um, I think it was because it's their last game at Ford Field this year, right? Uh, that was actually an away game. That wasn't an away game. Yeah, undefeated right. away. They oh, just so that's, lost four yeah, in a straight I just, at home. I just knew that without knowing it. I knew that you guys were telling me that they haven't won at Ford Field in however many years, they, and I was thinking that this is going to be the one. But They have one game left. They have one game yeah, left. Yeah, that's, that's what I was thinking. I knew they had one game left, but I thought it was this one. But, but shit, the fact that they're undefeated on the road makes me feel even better about making that pick now. So maybe make that pick again yeah. this upcoming week because they're away again. They're in Birmingham. Do they mm. upset Birmingham at Birmingham? Oh, no, no, you uh, can't bet them. Philly's playing Birmingham oh, this week. Okay. Yeah, yeah, um... Michigan's playing New Orleans, and I actually Ooh. I did place my bet today already for Michigan to cover in that game as well. Technically, mm. they still are in Birmingham, right? Oh yeah, they are. Yeah, they're, they're they are going to be in Birmingham against because New Orleans shares that as a uh, home hub. They're only playing four stadiums. Okay, they're not completely all in their you. own uh, respective cities or states yet, but. That's a good bet to take because... Yeah, they're, the spread's plus three right now. So the Breakers have lost three in a row. That Not only that, and like you were saying, it's just right on trend with what we were talking about. Their offense has just sort of stuttered and come to a halt. And watching them with those four red zone possessions only coming away with one touchdown and just not really watching them be able to do much with moving the ball down the field unless it was running the ball, but that's only going to get you so far, you know? Yeah. Whether it's the NFL or the USFL. Exactly. Um... But yeah, and I just I feel like the Mission Panthers just gonna continue that, so I'm betting on that plus three spread. Um, so for my my uh, listeners out there that don't really understand that, Michigan they're plus three on the spread. For them to cover that, they either have to lose by two points or one point, um, three points or less, pretty much, or just flat out win, and they'll mm-hmm. cover that. Um, so yeah, last week they're plus six and a half and against um, against New Jersey, but. Just pretty much covered 100% and just won it outright for me. Didn't leave me any worries at all. So, pretty successful overall. I mean, I can't be mad at all. I mean, I was fucking half a point away from going three for three on my first weekend betting on this shit, you know? So, it shows you that there's upside to make a yes, little bit of money from there it. There is, 100%. And so. the first thing you told me was it's easy to sort of distinguish um, the, shit the, clubs yeah, the shit clubs from the good clubs, the good coaches from the bad coaches, um, and just sort of give you a lot clearer insight and knowledge on the best it gives you safer picks yeah and you know you don't even have to go straight money lines you can go to you can go to parlays or even just make lineups for easy like two dollar lineups with instant profit margins if you correct you obviously correct the nice like the best team but you have to counsel obviously i would recommend on twitter or discord there's a whole discord community as well but um what are the predictions from you, Caden, going into uh, week eight here? Let me get this. And Brandon, if you think you want to maybe give your predictions oh, I will, as well, I'd, lo- I'd love to hear. I already uh, I got the games pulled up for you, Caden. Uh-huh. Um, so you have Houston going to Pittsburgh this week. Mm-hmm. 
You seen them in the Pittsburgh? Well, maybe not going to Pittsburgh. I don't really know. Where they they played <laughs> on both games. Uh, anyways, yeah, Houston at Houston against Pittsburgh this week. Like Kendi Bar goes in there and takes care of business. But Pittsburgh Marlins have, no, have, no, have done nothing special these past couple weeks. They had flashes of brilliance with with Troy Williams, but that's been wearing out. Only thing that's been shining is their defense, and you know, defense can't only win games for you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You need an offense that can score points and not just completely give away turn, you know, turnover after turnover after turnover. Yeah. And that's what's going to happen in this Houston Gambler game. It's, it's mm. just going to be a turnover battle, in my, in my opinion. Mm. Yeah, and Houston is favored that game. Minus three and a half. Uh, money line minus 167 over under 43 and a half. Hopefully it doesn't change. I'm going to remember this now that we got it on fucking recording. Okay. So we'll see if it changes, but I'm I, I remember I submitted uh, my guesstimates, but I, I'll just go ahead and what we typically do is just say who we think is gonna win, and then your point uh, prediction. I think it's gonna be Maulers, twenty four to seventeen, yeah. but that's that's who I think. I think their defense is really fucking good with Ruben Foster and uh, Kayaba Tizino, best linebackers in the league. I think they need to win this. They've only won one la- one game last year, so they've already doubled their win total from last year. I'm already impressed, mm. but I, I just need them. I need to, I, this is my team. I need them to. I need them to do something. Troy Williams is him. But uh, what's your prediction, kid? Um, Houston Gamblers. I got Houston Gamblers to twenty to fourteen. I, I don't think it's gonna be that high of a game, but it, it, it's just it's a, it's gonna be a battle of mid, bro. It really is. It's gonna be just the ultimate battle of mid. Houston Gamblers are gonna come out on top, though. What about you, Brandon? I think I think the Gamblers are also going to come out on top. I think it's going to be a seventeen to fourteen game. Okay. Um, but I I do think Pittsburgh will cover that spread of plus three and a half, and that's I think what I will be betting as well. But I think Houston will come out with this. But okay. it's it is it is hard to bet against Pittsburgh though, because I I instantly fell in love with Isaiah Henney and yes. knowing that um, you got Ruben Foster there, who obviously he didn't really pan out in the NFL had his off the field issues but that talent obviously is there former Alabama player too um, so it's hard to pick against that but I, I think Houston is going to pull out with it from what I've seen um, just over because I think I did catch that Houston New Jersey game yeah. the week prior Yeah. so I've seen a little bit more of Houston than anybody else mm-hmm. um, so I think Houston will pull away with that but Pittsburgh does cover okay okay and what's the second game so of Saturday after that we got Philly in Birmingham. The rematch of the championship they haven't played since then. This is Ooh. a big game, guys. This is, a, this is the game that Case Cook just broke his leg in. So this, this is a might, redemption game for him. The, he broke he his leg in the championship game. And I'll preface this too. Birmingham is heavily favored. Oh, I yes, bet. Um, but my Philadelphia is going to come out on top. Though. Case Cook is going to show that he was going to win that championship if he didn't break his leg. Mm. They were. They, really, they were. Really? They, they, they were. were. Wow. They, they were. Well, that's watch, the sad part. Watch the highlights. They were going to okay. win. They were going to win that shit. If you can, bro, he broke watch. His leg. That's so sad, though. Damn. I'll have to check that out. He, he's, he's an absolute beast. I mean, he, he's going to want his runs, bro. He's an emotional player. Mm. This is the biggest game of the year, honestly. Yeah. Right. Yeah, two like, very emotional quarterbacks going yeah. at it, and that's going to be yeah. fun to watch. Very passionate quarterbacks. So I got a Philadelphia Stars. Mm. Maybe I think it's gonna be another high scoring game for them. Over under is forty five and a half. Mm. I'm mean, mm, thirty four to twenty one. Mm. Stars. 
Then he's going to be that convincing. Oh, my God. Two touchdowns. Two touchdowns. Two touchdowns. Okay. He's going to lose his runs for I'm going to go. I've seen this defense crumble, though. You, you, yeah, they, they do have the worst rush defense in the league. I'm going to go. Wow, that you know that kind of that's a bold selection. That kind of gave that kind of left me with a little bit of a shock here. But I'm gonna go 31 to 28. I think Birmingham is gonna pull out here, but I think we're gonna see a rematch in the championship game. I really do, and I think it might go the other way because there's not been a USFL season without the Philadelphia Stars in the championship game, dating back all the way to the three seasons in the 80s. Wow. They have not, not been in the championship mm. game that every year of existence. locked of a bet, if there ever was one, maybe. It, there might be. I think they've won two. They, yeah. won, they won two of the four they've been in. Yeah. It's uh, not bad. I, uh, I, I got to just be consistent with my, my hype train on the Stallions. I think they're going to pull out with this one as well. I might come back to eat my words. I haven't watched Philly play at all. Um, but I've really seen what the Stallions can do, and any any son that comes from Lou Holtz that's coaching a football team mm-hmm. is going to have the upper hand. I don't know who the Stars head coach is. I'm not saying he's Bart a Andrews. Bart Andrews. I'm not saying that he's any pushover, not a coach or anything. But any Skip Holtz or Holtz descendant coach team, I'm going to bet my money on, mm-hmm. and especially when they have Alex Falcon Magoo and CJ Marable. He's the yeah. Neil Collins of the USFL. Yeah. And that just makes me even more confident in my bet. So I think I think Magoo and Marable is just going to be too much for them. Um, then even Jay Sternberger, he's no slouch either. If he's not dropping balls that are thrown right at his numbers, but uh, I think I think it's going to be a high scoring game as well. It's going to be a 28-27. Stallions pull it out by one point. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what's yeah, the, the? I guess what's the? Is there a final game? No, so there's those two on Saturday. Then okay. the first one is Sunday. You have Memphis and New Jersey. And uh, New Jersey is actually favored mm. by a point and a half. I, don't, I, I, do not, I do not think that at all. For, for me, it's I'm, I'm leading heavily on the showboats coming in here and taking care, taking care of business like they've done past four weeks in a row. They I were 0-3, now they're 4-3. Mm. Yeah. I think it's going to be showboats 23-14. to 14. Um Although there could be an upset in the waters here, but I think the showboats pull out with this one. I'm going. I'm going showboat 17-14. I don't think it's going to be that much of a you know a star-studded appearance from each team. You know, Darius Victor's going to go in there and do his thing, but yeah. all in all, it's just going to be you know what we've seen out of the Michigan. I mean, the Memphis showboats. Mm. These They're going to win weeks. the gritty game. Exactly. Yeah. They play gritty football. They, they play good in the trenches. Yeah, and I'm, I'm right there with you on, on that, you guys, and I think it just comes down to a team from the South. Mm. Any team from the South being able to be any team from the North. Yes. Um, I think the Showboats will handle this 23-14 to 14 Yeah. relatively easy. I think the scoreboard will sort of make the game closer than what it really is. Mm-hmm. One thing that will be interesting to watch, though, is um, the Generals' rushing attack against the running defense of the Showboats. Yeah. Showboats are allowing 100 rushing yards a game to their opponents, and the Generals are rushing for just shy of 140 yards a game so they could explode here it'll be interesting if they if they get out to an early lead and they're able to just run the ball and bleed the clock then who knows man there might be an upset in the Bruin but I'm, I still think that the safe pick here and the right pick here is the Memphis Showboats and they continue that hot streak with that um, with a win streak here yeah, with five. 24 to 13 I like that 
Then uh, last game, rounding out the weekend, you have Michigan and the Michigan Panthers and the New Orleans Breakers. Mm-hmm. Um, and New Orleans favored by three in this game. I'm going to take the Michigan Panthers here, twenty-four to ten. I think the New Orleans Breakers continue to stutter as they have through the past couple weeks. How about yourself, Kate? Um, mm, New Orleans Breakers haven't stuttered. I'm not gonna lie. They've, they've lost three in a row. Yeah. There's no reason why I, I have no trust in them to win this and game. Honestly, what's really put me in love with the Panthers right now is Josh Love is becoming a God-fearing quarterback. He's when he when he yeah. made that when he made that run and he, he flipped over and his Jesus piece was out. His golden Jesus piece was showing. Yeah. Like a, he was he's walking around like a fucking G out there with his with, with his with his Jesus piece out. Yeah. I mean, that's a God-fearing quarterback. I'm gonna I'm gonna stand behind that guy. Okay. Right now he's gonna go in there, he's gonna throw two touchdowns. Okay. It's it's gonna be uh, Josh Love's day again, huh? Yeah. Maybe a third offensive mm-hmm. player of the Red, week. Reggie, Cor- Reggie Corbin's gonna get a touchdown as well. Oh, of course he will. And it's gonna go twenty-one fourteen. Okay. How about yourself, I'm, right I'm now? gonna be right there along with you guys. I think the Panthers end up pulling through with this one as well. Um, and if you look at the Breakers losing streak too, they're being outscored by their opponents, um, sixty-eight to forty. Wow. And they're just it just falls right in line with that trend of them just stuttering, you know. And that offense has not been able to either just move the ball, or they've been able to move the ball from what I've seen in one game, small Inside sample size. Inside the 30s. But yeah, they're not <laughs> able to really score when it really matters inside the red zone. Um, it, it will be interesting, though, because if you're going off stats, if you're a numbers guy, the Panthers are obviously the weaker team. Yes. They're the worst team on, or the lower team on paper, and it does come down to a south versus north matchup. Um, but... Like we touched on, undefeated on the road. Um, this is the one upset I can see. Yeah, I, I can see this happening. Hundred percent. And if if they're giving if they gave the Panthers six and a half this past week against New Jersey, and they're only giving them three to a New Orleans Breakers team who, on paper, is a lot better than New Jersey, then why wouldn't you sort of kind of assume? Yeah, that the know. Panthers at least if we're going off trends are trending better than the Breakers are right now, obviously. Way better. And especially at this time of the season, this is when you want to be trendy in that positive direction, yes. obviously. Um, so I think they continue that, and they, they pull it off 24-20. I think it's a close one, but just like last week, a great game. I think they I think Josh Love shows up, shows out, and has a game-winning drive at the end to I like that. put him ahead 24-20. I like that. And they've been consistent, at least with moving the ball around. They just need to execute better in the red zone. I think that can be safely said with every team in the USFL. But it, when the touchdowns come, it helps whoever's scoring, obviously. But as you can tell, the, the Southern teams have that advantage. But I can definitely see the Michigan Panthers sneaking into the uh, semifinal because the Generals and Maulers are just falling and, and going deeper and deeper into a hole that they can't climb out of. But... I really appreciate you guys for uh, giving me your time and giving the show your time and investing and doing your research and getting into a whole other league, Brandon. I know it's a whole I other love obstacle. It, man. I'm so glad that you got me into it's this. It's a welcoming just, challenge, right? Yes, 100%. And it's just, it all goes back to sports. It's more sports. And it's fucking football. Yes. And it's fucking football, man. But you know, um, both both types of football. Anything else you guys wanted to touch on before we ended up here? Do you want to sort of touch on like bets for this weekend too for placing bets or do you want to I think revisit it after 
I the weekend. What bets have you put in so far? So so far, I've already I've already locked in Michigan to cover. I didn't bet them outright, but I did bet them to cover that plus three spread. So okay. like I was saying earlier, um, they either lose by three or less, or they win outright. Gotcha. Um, so I placed that. I'm also going to be placing a. Uh, I'm going to be like I said. I took the style. I'm taking the Stallions to win. That's my prediction, but I'm going to bet on the Stars to cover. Okay. Because, like I was saying, the Stallions are a little bit heavily favored, in my opinion. Gotcha. And they're giving the Philly plus six. So, obviously, like I was saying, they have to either lose by six or less or yeah. just win. So And I predicted it to be a one-point game. So, I think they will cover that. So, those two are my main bets this weekend. Um, I do want to place a third one on there, and I think it's going to be just a straight-up... Um, actually, no, I'm not going to touch the money line. I'm going to do the spread for the showboats as well plus one and a half i like that because i think there well not only is it a divisional game and you're seeing these two southern teams go at it but wait who, the, the showboats game who are they playing against? the general so oh, it's, a, it's a north versus the, south okay, so they are playing an, uh, an opposing divisional team i think they'll be able to cover that because both teams are gritty rush heavy and honestly the generals do have a better rush attack but the quarterback play, the consistent quarterback play from Cole Kelly, it kind of equalizes both of their offenses, right. in my opinion. Um, so we're going to see similar scores. It's going to be tight, but I think I think that's a good safe bet as well because they're also trending in that direction, yeah. and the generals are plummeting. For sure. So, so yeah, well, that'll be my three. Uh, I might as well make a bet per game this weekend then. Um, what's the game you haven't bet on? Houston yet? and Pittsburgh. I would bet... I would go money line on this potentially because I think I, I you know what those controversial call like guesses here because I, I thought that they were I think the Maulers are gonna win but what what what's the spread again? So they're the spreads three and a half so Pittsburgh either lose by three or less or win not right. And they're um, playing technically Pittsburgh's the home excuse me the home team yeah. Um, but I, they're, they're playing at the Hall of Fame Stadium. Um, I would honestly, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take Houston's money line on this. Yeah. Um, so my four bets for this weekend are gonna be Houston money line over Pittsburgh, um, Philadelphia Stars to cover the spread against Birmingham at six. Um, though I do predict Birmingham will pull away with the victory. Um, the fact that Memphis is getting plus one and a half against New Jersey is insane to me. So I'm definitely that's my lock of the week mm-hmm. if there is one. Okay. Um, then, like I said, I'm taking Michigan to just cover that spread as well at plus three. Then, yeah, if you guys um, aren't tuned into the Instagram already at Tea Time Reports, um, I'll be posting um, my bets for this week um, as far as the results for them after this weekend's game. Then just sort of continue that trend and just post them on the stories so you guys can follow along and hopefully. Not so much lose money, more so than win money with me. Yes, sir. But, yeah, those are my bets for this week. And, again, he touched on it perfectly. They will be on Instagram. And um, it's actually pretty awesome. We're not going to just be doing USFL bets, you know, during the NFL. We'll talk about um, our fantasy leagues and stuff like that. Not only that, but what lineups we're feeling um, or what bets or parlays we're going to be taking Maybe not just in football, but you know, maybe if we touch up in NHL or MLB during their postseasons and stuff. Well, not not NHL anymore, but you know what I mean. Like yeah, later for sure, on. for mm-hmm. sure MLB because there's gonna be a good stint. When's the when does the USFL usually end? Like it's going to be ending um, mid June, maybe late June. June, 
July 4th. Okay, so July 4th weekend. Yeah, so from the start of July to the end of August, this is going to be nothing but Major League Baseball. So, so we'll have a lot of that content coming up for, for sure. sure. That's going to be exciting as well. But uh, Brandon, I really appreciate you giving your time and definitely your, your brain power towards this, and I'm glad you're excited for the USFL. Man, thank you for getting me into this, dude. I'm hyped. Well, Alex for, fucking Magoo, baby. Yeah, Alex, <laughs> Alex Magoo, that's, that, that's a great way to end it. But uh, thank you again, Brandon. And thank you, everyone out there, for listening and showing support and love to the, to the show. We greatly appreciate it over here. Take care. Peace.